War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listing to the john DePietro show folks weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com it's wednesday it is october 19th and looking at the calendar i want to first start off uh last night channel 12 although there were some problems with people have fios you didn't really see the fung magaziner debate at the PPAC. Seth Magaziner, I thought former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, I thought he held his own. I thought he did well. It's not easy. It's not easy in a state that leans very heavily Democrat, blue. Magaziner to me comes off as smug, entitled, arrogant. It's just, it's who he is. I want to give credit. Ted Nisi of Channel 12 WPRI, he corrected him and challenged him more than once on some of his assertions and magazine had no comeback now what that tells me is he didn't argue and and litigate and fight the point because he really doesn't know the point what magazine was really going off was notes that were basically prepared for him so i'm going to play the package mayor fung uh, did not trip up he was very steady and what i mean about that folks is now he's got the lead so when you have the lead when former Cranston mayor alan fung now you know things are kind of aligning for him they're aligning in a way that things are getting worse inflation's actually getting worse notice biden's not out campaigning anywhere mayor fung did he hit a home run last night he he didn't trip up he didn't make any mistakes i don't think a lot of people i i don't think anyone's minds would change with seth magaziner the general treasurer this entire election is is about abortion it's all he talks about it's all fair tactics he lies now he is a skilled debater i've said that the guy is like a robot he stays on message he's no idiot i mean you could see that in 2014 when he first you know burst on the scene as general treasurer he is having a tough time with mayor fung mayor fung through two debates now now i believe so they have a radio debate I'm not convinced that's going to get a lot of play. They're going to have a final debate on Channel 10, and I believe it. it's right before the election. So it, it could be, you know, one of consequence. But I think, you know, Mayor Fung, for someone, he's he's got a long track record in history, and there's a positive to that, but it also could be a negative. I thought Mayor Fung last night was very authentic on stage. He is, um, he's, he's not a showboater he is very measured he gets his points across i think right now and early voting does start today by the way which is way too early shouldn't be starting this early 
Uh, there's no there's no reason anyone needs to be voting like right now. I think it's too early and people can change their mind. People will change their mind. I, I think, you know, you want to do the weekend before, but it's supposed to be an election. I don't think it's fair to the candidates. Um, I question some of this early voting. We saw in the primary, Helena folks won on primary day, but because Dan McKee grabbed all those mail ballots, he was able to put them over the top. But if everything stays the way it is, and I want to play the Channel 12 package. It, it's not easy. They're in the PPAC. I actually think the room is too big. I think the stage is too big. I think, you know, when they started the idea, I think they thought, for instance, if you saw last night, I mean, the place was was like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I won't even say a third full. I think you could use a much smaller arena. They, they like the idea of the big, giant stage at the PPAC. And it's up to Channel 12. I thought their Channel 12 debate at Channel 12. I like a crowd and an audience, but the crowd was really quiet last night. I thought the crowd last Thursday night at Rhode Island College. I think the Rhode Island College room is a really good room. Um, I think that was done well. And then I'm not fit from that familiar with the room that Channel 10 used at Johnson & Wales. But so far, I think the Rhode Island College room was just, just about the, the right amount of space. And that wasn't even full. I think the, the PPAC's almost like a little too big. But again, Channel 12, they put it on. It's up to them. Uh, I thought Ted Nisi was really on his game last night. I thought that was the best debate he's ever had. I want to play. This is the Channel uh, 12 package on their debate last night. This is big for Congress. Seth Magaziner, the general treasurer, going for the seat, being vacated by Langevin. And, of course, it's Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, who remains in the lead. And uh, let's hear a little bit of there. Target 12 investigator Steph Machado is there, and she joins us now from PPAC to break it all down. Steph? Mike and Shannon, this race has always been about more than just Alan Fung and Seth Magaziner's individual views on the issues. Both Democrats and Republicans are fighting to win this seat as they battle for control of Congress. Alan Fung and Seth Magaziner taking jabs at the other's political party leaders as much as each other. He's doubling down and supporting these same economic policies right. that our failed president, as well as Speaker Nancy Pelosi, have been forcing onto this economy. That's he has already said that he is going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, the Republican Good. leader in Congress, to be the next Speaker of the House. Good. Even though Kevin McCarthy has said that he is going to put a national abortion ban. No, he didn't. Uh, Lie. Abortion rights are a major issue in Congress after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, with some Republicans calling for abortion restrictions and Democratic leaders seeking to legalize abortion nationwide. Fung and Magaziner both said they support a woman's right to choose, uh. but Fung says he thinks Rhode Island's existing Reproductive Privacy Act goes too far. I do not and never said, nor will I ever support a national abortion ban or criminalize it. I do, you know, believe that a woman needs that ability to make that deeply personal decision what i would do in congress is do what we did here in rhode island which alan opposed and put the protections of roe v wade into federal law he's not so going to do anything regardless You're of what on the back live bench in, who their politicians happen to be both candidates want to curb inflation but have different thoughts on who is to blame for the rising cost of living biden i have been for suspending the federal gas tax so that people can get some relief at the gas pump but we have to also be tough on these big industries the oil industry the insurance industry the prescription drug industry that are price gouging people this cost of living crisis and what fueled it opera and that overspending by this president that's right the fact that he's heated up the economy the candidates both said they would vote to legalize marijuana at the federal level magaziner said he'd support an assault weapons ban while fung wouldn't say how he'd vote on that measure the candidates tonight also debated Fung's record as the former mayor of Cranston, their thoughts on Congressman Langevin's stock trading, and the future of Social Security. As always, a jam-packed debate, so if you missed it, catch it on WPRI.com. You know, I also want to mention Seth Magaziner. Folks, again, that was the um, the uh, package on the Channel 12 debate. Seth Magaziner last night called Rhode Island pro-life an extremist group. That is so insulting. He is a jerk. He is such an arrogant jerk. Seth Magaziner is an entitled, spoiled uh, jerk. Who th he, he doesn't care what he says, who it offends, how it offends people. Rhode Island pro-life are an extremist group. No, you're the one. 
you're the one that is basically advocating for infanticide. Seth Magaziner, you're the one that has the extremist position. I mean, it's just so condescending, so insulting. I'm so glad also, I'm going to give, give credit, Channel 12, they asked Magaziner, he, there were pictures of him floating around at a defund the police, abolish the police rally and, uh, and protest, excuse me. And think how deeply insulting that is. So Magaziner, he is the one with extreme positions. There was also Channel 12. They asked him about the fact that Congressman Jim Langevin has been doing these stock trades. And in the first eight months of this year, Langevin has made uh, and traded over $1 million in the, in the market with, with a 30% return. And what I thought was interesting was I wish, though, they had asked Magaziner, well, you know, and Magazine is like, you know, Jim Langevin is someone of integrity and I won't stand here and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but the real question is, how is it that Langevin is getting 30% returns? What what are the the Rhode Island General Treasurer? What what is the pension? What what are our investments getting? They're, 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 I don't, they're not even getting 10%, let alone 30 so how is it that that you have this entire staff i mean i would have liked to have heard that question you have this entire staff you have all these budgets all these experts you're trading it they, they're trying to get to a seven percent return and you don't see anything unusual that langevin's getting a 30 percent return maybe he should be the general treasurer have you called him and asked him his strategies why isn't he sharing it with the state it's because langevin's trading on insider information so I, I, I think that was, and again, that would have taken a lot. That was also, if Fung wanted to, he could have brought that up. But I thought, um, I thought it went a little bit unfairly into Fung's record. I think they could have gone into some of the things of Magaziner's record. But, okay, so that, you know, it just didn't go down that way. Um, but Mayor Fung, I don't think he was looking for a, a knockout punch. And I don't think he was, and he certainly didn't get one if he was looking for that but i don't think he was this race the fact that the things are shifting backwards now and the fact of the matter is the the amount of um support for the republicans are starting to shift back the other way right now for the republicans so that that's another positive for mayor fung i actually think the fact that channel 12 is having problems with fios and that they're not carrying Channel 12, I think that benefits Mayor Fung. I mean, the less people that see this stuff, actually, the better. When you're in the lead, regardless of who it is, you know, look what Governor McKee is doing right now. McKee, they're going underground. He's doing very limited public appearances. Any appearances he's doing, he's trying to, you know, be really brief, no unforced errors. And as far as the, the race for governor, so Governor McKee is going to do some event. The mayors are all getting, they're going to show solidarity behind governor mckee so eight mayors and the town administrator lincoln they're going to gather on mineral spring avenue north providence so north providence is losing the you can you can track wherever mckee's going is where he's losing support they're going to gather there uh mayor charlie lombardi of course mayor of north providence mayor policina who actually had the big falling out with them mayor grabian well Lisa Baldelli Hunt, she's going to gather. She's actually not the mayor right now. Uh, the mayor of Cumberland, Mayor Jeff Mutter, mayor of East Providence, mayor of Central Falls, uh, Lincoln Town Administrator, and then Brett Smiley. So they're all going to gather in North Providence. The mayor, one second, she's actually not the mayor right now. But what McKee is doing now, Ashley Kalis, today's Wednesday. I'm not breaking any news there, but today's Wednesday. And Ashley Kalis, she started off the week strong. Governor McKee, that was a screw-up with the education. He's still hiding the test scores. She yesterday, she Monday, did a press conference on the fact that he hasn't released the test scores. But then yesterday, she, uh, excuse me, yeah, yesterday she did a ripped press conference. Today's Wednesday. She's doing something with Judge Bob Flanders about electricity. I, I think they're kind of, you know, um, we're going to speak to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, but I, they, I think they're kind of like throwing different things against the wall. They can't afford to lose the week. They're not 
finding an issue that's putting McKee on his heels. So, all right, so McKee's at an event today, and they're going to go, and they're going to what? Ask him about electricity. He's saying he's doing all he can. She's saying he's not. She's saying you got to do more about RIPTA. He's saying, you know, that we're working on it. There's nothing, you know, the education scores are going to come out when they come out. She can't afford, if McKee can make it to the weekend and not have any flare-up, that's a win. They kind of, you know, circled the wagons this week. They canceled the debate with the lieutenant governor to kind of get, you know, call a timeout, get everybody back on track. She, um, Ashley Kalis, she, she is still trying to find an issue to grab onto and try to get some momentum. It can be done. Helena folks showed it can be done, but you'll look at the calendar. Early voting starts today. You do have all of next week, but Kalis needs to gain ground. Now she's definitely out there and they're visible and they have signs. She could end up turning into almost a protest vote. You know, if you're upset and you don't like the way things are going with Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, then Ashley Kalis, but she hasn't found something to really break through on. I think there are some things out there. One of the things is it has to be several, well, several things, but this has to be a referendum on Governor McKee. She, and, and right now, you know, it, it, it's kind of caught that way. He's using this much break. She, he had a really bad week last week and then started off the weekend. He had a bad weekend, actually, two bad weekends back to back. But she can't afford to let him kind of, you know, settle the seas here. So you are, I mean, there's still time, but you're really, after this week, you're talking about two weeks left. So the Kalis campaign. You know, I, I don't know about this thing with Bob Flanders. I still think, I mean, they need to figure out, they need something that's going to, I believe, really motivate the Republicans to get out and vote. She needs a really high Republican turnout and vote. And so far in the polls, it's not turning out that way. She has the independence, but she's done well with that. She's got to close it out. I think she has to really continue to make this a referendum on Governor McKee. States headed in the wrong direction. You know, that soccer stadium, there's, there's nothing being built there. Not yet. That couldn't be stopped. I, I, I think the Flanders thing is a mistake. I think she needs something in front of the Superman building. That's a mistake. But she needs some issues. There are some issues. What Ashley Kalis, I believe, and folks, again, it's this uh, Wednesday you're listening to the John DePietro Show. I think she really needs to have an issue that is easy to understand that's going to break through it can be done you know helena folks showed that helena folks in the last week not only closed the gap but on primary day helena folks september 13th she beat dan mckee at the ballot box she won that day he won by three thousand votes because of early voting and mail ballots so ashley kalis we don't know we don't know. I think there are more polls coming out before the election. But, folks, you can just tell. You'll be able to tell on where the race is based on the actions of Governor McKee. Right now, he has the lead. Um, it's not a huge lead, but it's a lead. And it depends on who you talk to. It could still be 10 points. It could be 8 to 10 points. He seemingly at one point was looking he thought he was absolutely going to blow her out of the water i don't think they feel that way now but he doesn't need you know as they've talked about the question is can she get to 40 percent in the last poll dan mckee was somewhere right around 45 percent he might not have to get he might not have to get to 50 percent if he gets to 50 percent then it's lights out for ashley kalis so she's got to try to pick up some ground. She needs to find an issue that's going to resonate. And what she needs is she needs to find an issue that the media is interested in. I think the Flanders thing, electricity, is a yawn. I don't know what it is. I know that people don't like the direction the state is going. They don't like this smell of corruption, the insider deals with Dan McKee. They need to make the case. Now, she also, there's no debate uh, with the governor's race this week, and there's no debate television debate with the governor's race for next week 
The last debate is going to be the Thursday before, but there's already a lot of early voting. So if Dan McKee, if the governor can make it to this weekend, Friday night, if he's in a good spirits and a good mood, then it's been a good week. He's, he's you know, got the ship righted. She can't afford to let that happen. So it'll be the next 24 to 48 hours, next 24 hours are really crucial for Ashley Kayla. She's got to try to, she's gaining some ground. She's definitely gaining some ground uh, with the education thing. Helena folks definitely gained some ground. They need to look where they are and they need to continue to try to stay on the attack. And she needs to make gains in that first district uh, where Dan McKee feels he has a very comfortable lead. So this business of having all the mayors, you know, surrounding him, uh, even though when Socket Mayor Lisa Belt, Ellie Hunt, she's actually not the mayor right now. And I know there's now going to be a write-in challenge on her. Those are very difficult to pull off. Um, but if you're the McKee people, you know, you had a rough week, but so far then they're going to feel they're back on track. So I think also last week, the Thursday night debate at Rhode Island College that I went to, she didn't do anything to continue to really further the story. Um, and you, you need to continue. She's got to engage. She needs an issue that the media is going to say, hey, we like the story. And it's going to put Governor McKee kind of on his heels and feeling that he needs to answer it. But you can follow the type of events he's doing. You can follow exactly how and then he feels that they're doing because they're definitely doing internal polling. All right, folks, it's Wednesday. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is going to join us right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com joining us right now he is a columnist of the Boston Globe, and it's Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, I am intrigued. I want to start off your interesting column this morning. Uh, Triggs is a course that I am familiar with. It, it's a little bit of a slow play, but, um, y- you know, your column sums it up. This this really could be a jewel. It could be moving forward, and and it sounds like there's high drama involved with the future of the course. Oh, the fascinating thing is you remember back, you know, uh, almost a year ago now, you know, there was talk by at least one mayoral candidate of saying, let's bulldoze uh, Triggs and, and build housing. Of course, that plan, you know, fell apart. He realized that he was, uh, that was Gonzalo Cuervo, the guy who finished second in the, in the primary. Um, you know, he realized that it didn't actually have a lot of support. And, and you know, the, the folks at Triggs ended up getting involved in the mayoral race, endorsing Brett Smiley, all that. What's happening sort of separately from the pop, from at least that, that level of politics is for the first time in, in really 30, the, the city, which leases its kind of operations of trigs, um, has put this, their, like that contract out to bid. And so you've got a, a real kind of race between uh, two different suitors. The one that currently runs it, it's a place called F, uh, it's FCG Associates. Couple of you know uh, well-known investors who, who are you know run the course relatively well. Uh, you know, it's a, Triggs is kind of a gem for anyone who plays certainly public golf. Um, but now the Rhode Island Golf Association, which is the nonprofit that kind of oversees all of golf in Rhode Island, um, you know, they want to take over the course and essentially they want to almost uh, 
you know, think of what you have at kind of buttonhole in Providence where you're trying to engage young people, all that kind of stuff. They want to essentially move those operations to trigs and kind of make it this, you know, this place that you can uh, try to employ more younger Providence residents, try to get them interested in the game. The interesting thing that's playing out behind the scenes is there's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of animosity here. And these guys are all friends or former friends, I guess I should say, uh, because right now there's lots of, you know, political maneuvering happening. And why I say political maneuvering, in the end of the day, this gets settled by a handful of kind of boards in Providence that have all the politicians on them, the mayor, uh, you know, the city council president, all these people who are actually leaving office before they leave office will decide the next 10 years, at least the next 10 years of trigs. So lots of finger pointing, kind of high drama in this sort of, uh, you know, low profile world of, of Rhode Island golf. Tim McGowan, I, I, gotta, I, I like the idea of maybe giving someone new a chance. It sort of sounds like they're going to invest in the course, try to get some more community involvement. Uh, you mentioned, you know, I played buttonhole and and that is it it shouldn't just be ignored it doesn't have to be the way it is and i like your idea i mean you get a high profile player like a tiger woods or someone else it it could be a game changer as far as getting more young people involved yeah and that's the thing i mean the the interesting you know idea here from the rhode island golf association is they say look the reason we can do this and the current group cannot is very simple the Rhode Island Golf Association is nonprofit, right? So they tri- they obviously want to, you know, make money to be able to survive and all of that, but they're not kicking money to, you know, private investors. I looked into it, saw some tax filings. You know, the, the folks who, who run Triggs, you know, last year, if they're four, they're four partners, they, they each pulled a hundred some odd thousand dollars out of the company. Now, we're not talking about you know, um, millions of dollars, right? But, but still, they, you know, they're they're they have an incentive to make money because it's for themselves. Whereas the folks at the RIGA say, "Hey, look, we can actually invest in this. We all we want to do is kind of stay afloat," uh, which they are, you know, certainly would have no problem doing. Triggs is a big money maker in a, in a lot of ways. I think you're right. I think there's a chance here to, uh, you know, to to really. You know, introduce the game to a lot of you know a lot of younger people, particularly in Providence, that you know, quite honestly, very rarely even get to, to, to you know see the light of day at Triggs. So it's going to be interesting to follow. And by the way, it's going to happen quick. You know, we're we're late October now, and very quickly, you know, by the end of the year, this will be all wrapped up. We will know who is going to run Triggs for the next ten years. I think change would be good. I think that's the move. Dan McGowan Hope says a write up in the Boston Globe, granted by your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick. Uh, there was Mayor Fung this morning at Fox and Friends. It said, "I'll tell you, it's an adjustment." I looked at a double take when I saw the R Rhode Island. Uh, I thought, he, you know, I, well, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think of their second CD two debate last night, Channel Twelve, and it was on the big stage at the PPAC? Well, first of all, I, I, I didn't, I'm not sure if I saw you last night. I was there, I was, you know, sort of in, in one of the corners there. And, and I, the thing that I loved, uh, I just love the, the environment of a PPAC debate. I think it's, yes. there's nothing like it, you know, high pressure for the candidates, but you, know, you get the enthusiasm of the audience and the supporters. So, you know, I thought Tim and Ted, uh, Tim White and Ted Nisi did a nice job kind of asking questions. They, they were really well prepared. That's one thing that I, I like about those guys. They, they, you know, they know how to answer and they put a lot of work into this. They know how to kind of respond to what the candidates are going to say. Uh, I thought they did a nice job with it. Look, I thought this debate was, uh, you know, this may be kind of simpleton, uh, uh, you know, analysis, but if you like Alan Fung and you want Alan Fung to win this race, he did absolutely nothing wrong last night. I thought he, um, I thought he came across as, he came across as the favorite. He's the confident guy who comes across as a very nice guy, right? He had no reason to go out there and really go after Seth Magaziner because quite frankly, he's in the lead. Um, But by contrast, Seth Magaziner had a lot to prove last night. And if, again, if you like him, he probably, you probably think he won the debate. My question now for Seth Magaziner though was, did he land enough punches? Did he land, you know, 
or is this a situation where, again, you only come away with the support of the people who already support you? I, I think that's the danger for him. I'm not sure he, almost a similar to what we were talking about with Ashley Kalis last week, I'm not quite sure that Magaziner, um, you know, really made a dent. Although, again, that race is close. Certainly Seth Magaziner proved himself as a viable candidate in a, in, in a relatively strong debater last night. Yeah, with, without without question, folks, this is with uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. You know, I actually stayed and watched it on TV just because I found that, that the night before when I want people that watched it, I went there, excuse me, the URI, yeah. to watch it online. I think I was influenced by the crowd. So then I want to see what the viewers are seeing. So that was my reason for not going. I thought it was Ted Nisi of Channel 12. I thought that was his best debate. Just a couple of points when... When he would follow up in Magaziner and say, you know, I also read the same article and it showed blah, blah, blah. I noticed, Dan McGowan, Magaziner didn't fight the point. It's as if that, that, that argument was made for him and he didn't fully know how to punch back, if that makes sense to you. It does. It, 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 was, it was something I had in my notes, too, and I saw you tweeting about it. I, thought it, yeah. I think it's a really smart point. I think, I think what happened here is, look, you know, the challenge that you have when it comes to uh, you know, the, when you're when you're in a debate for Congress is there's no there's no real secret here. Right. Alan and, and Seth, they're not going to be as up to, you know, up to date on every big issue federally. They're reading, as, as Ted pointed out, they're all reading kind of the same articles and drawing the same conclusions from this. I thought the, 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 the good thing about that is, you know, it forces, uh, again, Nisi and, and White to really kind of uh, to, to almost over prepare which then doesn't let the candidates kind of off the hook. I think you hit it on the head. You know, Seth Magaziner tried to make a handful of points last night where, you know, he was a little bit contradicted by Ted Nisi, and then he kind of moved on. He didn't want to have to kind of litigate it uh, no. the, the way we've seen, exactly. in some cases, the way we've seen, you know, Dan McKee, who wants to litigate everything. with the Oh, yeah. Um, Dan McGowan, also, uh, how was the crowded atmosphere inside? On Monday night, it, the punk people basically... They just went, but they, they they didn't have a big crowd. It was like a union meeting uh, at, at, at URI, and I mean all the big heads. It shows, you know, George McDonald. Obviously, Lee is there. I mean, they're waving at Seth on the stage. What was the atmosphere like last night? You know, I'll say this. I I think that maybe I have a false sort of you know remembrance of some of the past debates. I can remember though. You know, some of those Cicilline, you know, uh, Cicilline Doherty or even Cicilline Laughlin many years ago, uh, they're just the out, you know, outside there being you know, trucks and, you know, everybody honking their horns for, you know, for the, the Democrats in, in most of the cases. And, you know, just a really strong presence. It wasn't quite like that last night, although in the room, you know, you did you did kind of have that energy. I thought it was, I, I guess I would say evenly split. I think both candidates. You know, when they had a handful of their, you know, somewhat memorable or, or kind of interesting punchlines, both of them got applause at different points. I actually, I, what I kept thinking was, and, and it didn't happen, but what I thought might happen at the end of the debate was whoever got to go last in their closing remarks, and it, it turned out to be Alan Fung. I almost wondered if Alan Fung was going to use the moment to try to look, you know, incredibly bipartisan and almost, you know, try to appeal to you look you know we we disagree on the issues but we're you know we're both gentlemen you know do that kind of thing i, I thought there was a chance to maybe try to like you know almost win the uh you know the all shucks kind of you know adorable uh, uh mayor of cranston kind of fight there and he didn't take it but that was kind of the temperature in the room i think people again if you're if you're a strong democrat you support that if you're a strong republican you support alan and i think a lot of people in the room said you know what they, they do. They, dis, they disagree on every issue, but they're both pretty good candidates. Yes. Well, Magaziner, he's the guy. I mean, he's a great student. He's a ferocious debater. But it almost it's it, 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 I don't know. How, I don't know about the, the likability. One thing about Alan Fung, Damagon, he's just he is who he is. He's very authentic. I thought when he said, you know, the, those commercials, that's kind of who I am. I'm lighthearted. And you called them stupid or whatever he said. Yeah, I, I thought that was people are seeing alan fung for who he is he's been up there he he is who he is no question yeah. about it and and the people that believe me i hear they wish he were more aggressive on this so that he the one thing he is being he is exactly himself we're going to find <laughs> out whether or not it's enough but yeah. but 
Magaziner, it's it's not a job interview where he's standing there. To me, it's almost like clearly I should get the job here. I can't believe I have to go through the process. You're hitting something. And I'm curious. I'd love to know your thoughts from, the, from the, the URI debate because the thing that I had in my notes from watching that from afar was it was noticeable how uh, I had offended, he, uh, you know, Seth Magaziner looked as though, you know, th- there is a clear choice here and a clear winner and a clear loser. And I thought similarly, he came across, you know, I, the first night, I, I, the, the actual thought that I had with Seth Magaziner came across as very whiny. Uh, I didn't see that as much last night, but you could tell, you, could, you know, when he starts kind of moving his hands very ferociously, you kind of can see he's just, he's a little bit, uh, it's almost like Alan Fung is kind of winking at him and saying, they like me, they don't like you. And, and Seth Magaziner is very frustrated by that because he feels, you know, he's the more substantive candidate. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, he is a force. Uh, I just wonder, boy, I wish I could have seen him on a debate stage next to Dan McKee. We're never going to get that. <laughs> I still go back to your column saying he should have stayed in the governor's race. Uh, but he, th- this is going to come down to the wire. It's very close. Still a long way to go. Uh, I think they have one more. Well, one big more TV debate. But yeah, uh, one more. Not to be, 10, un- yeah, yeah, not to be underestimated, folks. Quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracted company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. And Dan, I, I liked your column. You were both, both, and I, both of us were at the press briefing with Ashley Kalis on Monday. You wrote the column, for crying out loud, just release these damn test scores. Now we're finding out the principals have them. This, this to me, is a classic. If I was going to describe for someone the problems of the Dan McKee and the McKee administration, this is like the exact example I would describe, where they, they try to get too cute. They venture down a road. It's, it's a poor choice. And then he's turning himself and his staff into a pretzel over an issue that was a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, it's funny because on, on one hand, you, you know, the, the people in the McKee, you know, in the McKee camp certainly are saying, oh, nobody cares about test scores. Nobody cares about test scores. Well, you care about test scores enough that you've made this the story of the week, you know, for the, for the last, you know, seven days. This is and this is an issue. You know, last week, you and I, when we talked, we talked about the debate. My takeaway was, you know, I think Ashley Kalis is aggressive, but I don't think she had found her, you know, her issue that actually right. resonates. I think she was just handed an issue that really matters, not because everyone is dying to know how their kid did on the, on the test scores, but because it's fairly simple to understand. The state has these test scores. They could, at the very least, right now, release the top line, right, the, the, the proficiency rates, you know, for the entire state. They could probably do a lot more than that, but they could certainly... That, that's the numbers that you and I talk about. When you and I talk about test scores, we don't go into, you know, what the, like, the, you know, Latino population in Barrington did, right? It's, it's the statewide numbers. They have them. The number of educators that I've talked to, both current and former, you know, high-level people, right down to teachers who all tell me, yeah, I mean, this idea that they have to, you know, go in, the, in a back room and spend a month you know, diving through data. They do have to do that in the sense of they have to protect, you know, students, uh, you, know, you know, identities. They have to, you know, make sure that there are no mistakes. All that is very real. But the numbers do not change 
at the highest level. We they could do this right now. I think Ashley Kalis has found uh, an issue that that does resonate, and uh, you you summed it up very well there. I mean, look, Dan McKee constantly finds himself in these situations where he's just backpedaling and having to explain, explain, explain. And he's offended. He's in this situation where he thinks, talk about entitled, he's somebody who thinks that I got through my tough primary. I should have this thing handed to me. Why do I have to have, you know, a right. who's not from here? You know, he wants to do that kind of thing. Look, she's a credible, serious person. The polling shows that even if it, you know, even if it's the double digits. And I think she's closing the gap almost every day now. Steve McGovern, I was also so glad you picked up on the driver sitting behind her. I was almost, it's like the scene in Heat where, you know, does he have a police monitor scanner that he's, is, are we about to watch a robbery? Like the optics, they don't know what they don't know. I, I think also, I agree with you. She's she's definitely getting, if you don't like Dan McKean, you don't like what's going on right now, then she's almost becoming a protest vote a little bit because she's certainly not afraid to stick it to him and stand right next to the guy on stage and say, I think you're incompetent. But they, they I, I don't know about the Flanders thing. I, I'm not really interested in the electricity. They tried the Ripta thing. And I think they're searching for an issue. And I, I, I'm wondering if do we really have a close race here or maybe, you know, do we just hope that we have a close yeah, race? Yeah, it, it's a fair point. Look, and this is a, the, the, you know, this is the thing more than even than almost anything else that really frustrates them. The key people you just you alluded to it, the you know, this concept of, you know, do we hope there's a close race? Look, you know, no one ever likes the media when when they feel like they're being, you know, they're under pressure, they're being attacked. The bottom line is, of course, we all like when a race is more close than when it's not. It's why we don't cover, you know, the general election in, you know, a Providence mayoral race most days, right? Because right? you know the Republican has no chance. Uh, you know, it's why this, it's why David Cicilline and his opponent are getting no attention right now. So, of course, you know, you're, you're going to be more attracted to this. But the reason why, you know, the media doesn't just create no. uh, opposition. Ashley Kalis is formidable enough to be credible. Yeah. Um, I think if I were her now, again, I'm not a political operator, so who knows? But if I were her, I'm not sure I would be just, you know, throwing everything against the wall right now. I think she's got the issue that resonates not be again, not because testing is something that, you know, every, every parent is exactly dying to know, but it's just very simple. You've got the test scores, release the test scores until you, until the the state uh, does do that until they actually release something. I would be harping on that every single day. It actually yep. fits with the campaign that she's running. She says, I want to be the education governor. I would go overboard with the, um, with the, the Helena folks, you know, promise to not seek reelection. Yeah. Again. I would run that exact way back. I, I think that's the issue they should be really sticking with right now, because it is a clear, you know, it, it, it's at least muddied up enough where it looks like the state is kind of holding on to something that they could release. And she can kind of attack every day with that. Yeah, and they caught him red-handed on that. I mean, Brutal, the, for yeah. him to say, well, I, I actually didn't have them on me. I, that, that, that's a, a new one. Folks, so sweet with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, where you can also read, and I'm anxious to hear, and Dan McGowan, we, this is the first time we heard the other night this whole business of the Superman building and now what the rents are going to be. As someone that has followed it, I, I'm very anxious or curious, I should say, to hear your thoughts on what we now that we're fleshing out this Superman building a little bit more. Well, it's nice to finally have some, you know, some yeah. sense of, of how much these things are going to cost. Look, I think that they they have always made the argument that you know there is this if you build it, people will come kind of mantra, and to some degree that is true. There is demand. Not you know, people think that housing demand is simply for you know people who are homeless or on the streets and things like that. No, there's a lot of people who, you know, who are willing to spend. It sounds exorbitant to people, but there are a lot of people who maybe you've got a nice job in Boston. Maybe you, you know, maybe you're just you're at one of the universities where you can actually where you can afford three thousand thirty five hundred dollars a month to live right downtown and have a cool building that I'm sure will get spruced up, you know, very nicely. So I get the demand for it. Um, I think you're at a point. The, the, the interesting thing here is the developer, uh, you know, the owner of the building, David Sweetser, they've played this game really well. They kept it quiet for a long time. And, it, you know, it was a foregone conclusion. There was no argument the other night, 
you know, from opponents that was going to switch that from a, you know, from a unanimous vote to, 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 you know, to flip it the other way. And I can say with pretty full confidence that, you know, you've got a, a, a city council, at least right now, who um, I think is going to strongly support this, um, uh, you know, before they all leave office in, in you know, early January. So I, I think it's a done deal that it's going to happen. And now it's going to become a question, just like with the soccer stadium, just like with the Fane Tower of, you know, can you get the work done quick enough before costs rise too high and you have another conversation about, oh, my God, we need, hey, we need 20 more million dollars in subsidies or, or some version of that. Mm. But, um, Dan McGowan, I want to just pivot back to the McKee race just for a moment, simply because, um, th- you know, Thursday night we, we were both at Rhode Island College. I just there's definitely a tendency here where he's he doesn't like the debates. He doesn't do particularly well in the debates. I'm, I was actually shocked at how much he refers to his notes in the debates, just because anyone that watched Gina Raimondo, I mean, she would flawlessly make her argument and go through the, the whole thing. But do you think the McKee people feel there's no TV debate this week? There's no TV debate next week? Or it's the, the last one. It's the last Thursday right before the election. Do you think they feel that they have kind of sued the waters this week and now, you know, the finish line is is in sight? I do think they think the finish line is in sight. And I think this week, you know, uh, you know, getting out of last week's debate on you know, last Thursday, I think they hoped that, you know, Friday morning they they were in the clear that you weren't going to that no matter what happens. Uh, for the most part, you are probably not going to get a lot of attention, uh, at least to the average voter, right? You're, you don't, you're not going to have a debate. You know, even if there's a really bad story, only a handful of people are going to see it anyway. And, and right. you know, are you going to be able to process it? As somebody said to me, you know, it becomes really hard to um, even send out like an attack, you know, mailer uh, at this point, because, you know, the way the way the mail system works right now, the, the later it gets, just the harder it is to attack. But the thing is, is that in between they decide they, they ended up having, you know, a real, uh, you know, cluster problem here, right, where where you, you now have these test scores that are, you know, kind of a top of mind issue. I still think that they feel like the, that they can run the clock out to some degree, um, which is kind of what they did in the primary. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, though, I will tell you again, you and I talked last Wednesday, you know, day after the Globe drops you know, our poll. I think early last week, the governor thought, oh, all right, like maybe we can run up the score here. Maybe we can win by 14 right. points or something yeah. like that. And now I think they're, they're thinking more of let's just get through it, win, and then we'll worry about everything else later. So, so I think they are going to they're kind of going to run a, run the clock out and hope that, you know, that last debate on Channel 10, uh, you know, isn't some sort of you know, isn't a disaster. I mean, you know, you never know somebody gets COVID, maybe they can't even have it. Um, so there's all kinds of things that can happen uh, that late in the race. Yeah, I, I would keep my eye on, as, as I've said, COVID is the new, you know, my grandmother died, checks in the mail, dog ate the homework. <laughs> and, uh, and then what recourse would she have? I think, I think they're onto something. I don't think he has any intentions of being on a debate. Steve. They just, he just cannot stand her. He can't believe he's going through this. There's nothing about her he finds redeeming. Uh, he, it's just he can't even hide his disdain. Now, I also want to point out, folks, in the Boston Globe, there's two uh, great stories. Well, they're not great as far as to read, but one is there's a piece about, boy, Tom Brady. It is uncomfortable to watch how things are just unraveling down there in Tampa Bay. There's a good story that. And also, Dan McGowan, I mean, as a Hendrickson grad, what a night last night. Boston Garden, the place is sold out. Tribute to Bill Russell to start it, and then Joe Mazzulla picks up his first win as a as a Celtics head coach. And on national television, I mean, yes. I, I love to see. You know, I think unfortunately for the guys at Channel Twelve, between the fight with Verizon and then Joe Mazzulla on TNT last night, I worry about the ratings for last night's debate because I think people were really excited uh, to be watching the, 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 that game. That is, uh, by the way, that's I'm glad you would also point out and folks, he broke. We're going to tell you how to get roadmap. The fact that they were going to run it on CW. I think that's advantage fun. The less people that saw the debate last night. I think that. Out for, yeah. Now, folks, he, he breaks news ev- literally every single week. It's called roadmap. 
you get all the links to the current stories that are everything that's happening today, uh, tidbits of different pieces of information. It arrives free in your inbox. All you have to do is provide your email. And Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to extend that offer to everyone that's listening right now. Yeah, John, the best thing about it, too, is is that even if you don't care about anything, I, I mean, if you listen to John, you do care. But if you don't care about anything that John and I talk about, there's still interesting information that we that we provide to you in, in Roadmap uh, every single weekday. And all you have to do, send a blank email. Don't have to do anything in the subject line. I'll know what it is. RINews at globe.com. RINews at globe.com. I'll sign you up and uh, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. We'll talk to you again. All right. Talk next week. Thanks, John. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401 942 7500. Matthews Oil Company. 24-hour emergency service for over four generations they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 the coincident in 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 mendon road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.